Well, good morning. It's a blessing to be here, um, and thank you, Pastor Haley, for, um, uh, for that introduction. Hopefully that caught you up to speed a little bit. A lot has happened in 22 years uh, from then until now, and so, um, but because of that man right there and uh, Bruce O'Neill, really uh, my two mentors in ministry as I served on staff here at this church under Pastor Haley. Uh, this church sent us out to Chile where we got connected with Mana, and then after a number of years began to serve full-time with Mana uh, under the leadership of Bruce. These two men have had a tremendous impact in my life. And so their, te- their personal testimony and the faith that they've had, the faith that God has allowed them to grow, I'm blessed to be a part of. I get to be a part of it, and this morning we get to be a part of what God is doing. It's amazing that he would allow us uh, to, to be a part of that. And so thank you, Pastor Haley, and uh, we're praying for Bruce as he's, as he's back home um, uh, uh, recovering as well. And so I'm just the, I guess, maybe the, the, uh, uh, the replacement, the less mature in age, uh, less wise version of Bruce here this morning. So... Um, I want to encourage you personally from the Word of God. I also want to tell you the story of manna and have an opportunity to get involved. And we're going to be in Genesis chapter 16 if you want to begin to turn there. Um, You saw in the video our mission, which is rescuing children from the grip of poverty, both spiritual poverty and physical poverty. And the way that that plays out is simply through, as Preacher mentioned, through nutrition programs, orphanages, drilling of clean water, wells, medical clinics, camps for young people here in the United States, backpack programs in public schools on the weekend for kids right here in the United States who go hungry on the weekends, meeting physical needs of children and young people to be able to introduce them to the gospel. I love the line, one of the lines of the song we sang this morning, my first love and my future. I thought that's that's what we're trying to present to these children so that Jesus could be their first love. Maybe as a preschooler, as an early elementary kid, Jesus is their first love and he becomes their hope and their future. And that's what we want to give these children. And so that's the way our mission plays out through all of these different type of programs. The unique thing about it is all of these social type programs are through local churches, partners, missionary partners and local pastors in over 40 countries, 240, over 240 projects in over 40 countries. And Hallmark has had a part of that since the very beginning. Through your generosity, Hallmark alone, uh, on a regular monthly basis, through individuals like yourselves and your families collectively coming together as a church, and I say we because I'm a part of this church too, we support nine MANA centers in six different countries on a regular, consistent monthly basis. And not only those, pro- those monthly feeding centers, schools, and orphanages, but also many different projects, relief opportunities that have come up, buildings of centers that you don't support uh, on a monthly basis that are needs for church buildings and things like that. Hallmark is radically generous. And if you haven't been a part of that, today's the chance to get involved. I don't know about you, but sometimes I just need a moment and an opportunity to say, today I begin. And this is that opportunity. Maybe you've been a fan of manna for a long time. You've been a part of manna for a long time. And you say, yes, it's, it's amazing. It's wonderful. Well, today is maybe just simply the opportunity to say, today I'll begin. And if you've been giving for a long period of time, maybe God will um, lay in your heart to, to potentially increase what you are giving. 
And so I love being a part of manna. In chapter 16 of Genesis, we see the story of a woman named Hagar. And Abraham, Abraham and Sarai, if you don't know their story, God had called them out. He'd led them to, uh, out, of their, out of their country. He had promised to make Abram and Sarai uh, the parents, the father and mother of a great and mighty nation. And time had gone on, and God had not yet fulfilled that promise. And uh, they were getting older in years, and so they decided to take matters into their own hands. And so we pick up in verse 6 of Genesis chapter 16. Um, It says this, So Abram said to Sarai, Indeed, your maid is in your hand. Do to her as you please. And when Sarai dealt harshly with her, she fled from her presence. So this is the plan that they had hatched. So Sarah had a handmaiden named Hagar. He said, well, maybe God meant for this promise to be fulfilled uh, through her. And so they quickly went down this path and immediately uh, realized it was the wrong decision. I know I've done that. Have you done that? You doubted God, his timing, and what he really meant, and when he said he would do it. And so we need to help God sometimes with his plan. And uh, immediately, you and I have regretted it, haven't we? And so things are falling apart, and, and Hagar is, is tr- very mistreated. So she fled from her presence, In verse 7 it says, Now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, to her, and he said Hagar, Sarah's maid, where have you come from, and where are you going? She said, I'm fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarai. And then the angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly, so that they shall not be counted for a multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her again, Behold, you are with child. You shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has heard your affliction. He shall be a wild man, and his hand shall be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. Then I'll draw your attention to verse 13. It says, Then she, Hagar, called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees. For she she said, have I also here seen him who sees me? The name of God that she uses in the original language is the name of God, El Roy, the God who sees. The God who sees you, the God who sees me. I've entitled this message this morning simply, God Sees and God Sustains. And, simp- and, and simply this morning, that is what he's called us to do through Manna Worldwide. Many times just to let people know in the depths of their despair, in the depths of their poverty and in their misery, maybe at the lowest point in their life, that God sees them, that we see them, that he has a plan and purpose for them. Hagar's in her lowest moment, in her valley of the shadow of death. And Jesus himself meets her there. You say, well, this is the Old Testament. Well, as scholars tell us, the angel of the Lord here, it, it refers to Jesus himself in his pre, pre-Jesus earthly fleshly form coming as the angel of the Lord throughout the whole Old Testament in very specific instances to appear. And he appears to her to let her know, you're not alone. I see you. I have a plan and purpose for your life. Now, I don't know about you, but many times I'm the victim of my own bad choices. And when I make the wrong choice, I pay the consequences for that. 
Now here we see an instance for Hagar. She's a victim of other people's bad choices. And she truly is alone. And she has been victimized here. Elroy, the God who sees, the God who sees you, and the God who sees me. Many times we have the opportunity to go out into the communities that we serve in with manna, those nutrition programs out of those local churches and schools, be able to make a go on trips. Many of you have been on manna trips before. Raise your hand if you've been on a manna trip in the last 22 years with manna. Many people all over this room. I'd say probably at least half or more of the people in this room. And many times we have opportunity to play with the kids, feed the kids, have a great time with them, serving them, teaching them, but then to go a step further and to maybe walk a mile or two in their shoes, to be able to go into their homes and to see the living conditions that these children and their families live in. Living on the razor's edge of poverty, and it's really eye-opening and sobering. And it's a moment you will never forget. And many times we show up maybe with a basket of groceries or of, uh, so that the family can just be blessed there. And we're strangers. We don't speak their language many times. But many times just our presence there, as we are welcomed it with open arms, even as different as that circumstance may be, to let them know that God sees them, that God knows their struggle, and that God has sent us, not because we're someone unique or special or that we have all the answers or the magic wand to fix their situation, but to point them to Jesus. As Carlos said, to point them to the comforter that can heal them, that can provide for them. As we move forward now into the New Testament, as Jesus walked this earth, he encountered all kinds of different people, didn't he? And our ministry with man is modeled after Jesus's ministry. It's really very simple. It's nothing groundbreaking or clever. Bruce isn't that smart, but he has faith. And he can see Jesus's example in the Bible. We see Jesus encountering different types of people. He didn't overlook their needs, did he? If people were sick, he healed them. If people were hungry, what did he do? He fed them. If people had an emotional or relational need, he met that need to be able to get to their deeper and greater spiritual need. And that's what manna's ministry is modeled after. And so Jesus noticed things. He saw people differently than others around him. And he saw the people and the circumstances very differently. In the New Testament in Luke chapter 21, starting in verse 1, we see an example of him. Uh, this very, a very appropriate example of this. Jesus is with his disciples. They're in the temple. And it's a very busy temple day. And there's lots of religious activity going on. People coming and going. And Jesus is just observing people, noticing things. Seeing things that others don't see. It says in verse 1, And he looked up and he saw the rich putting in their gifts into the treasury. And he also saw a certain poor widow lady, certain poor widow, putting in two mites. So he said, Truly I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all. For all these out of their abundance have put in offerings for God. But she out of her poverty put in all the livelihood that she had. God sees your faithfulness. He sees your faithful heart, and he'll reward your personal sacrifice. Many of you have been faithful. Maybe you've been going through rough times. Maybe uh, the last few years have been tough financially or health-wise. Maybe you're watching online because you're not able to come to church this morning, or maybe you haven't been able to come to church in a long time, but you're a part of Hallmark, and you're faithfully giving, you're faithfully serving. God, Jesus himself, sees that. 
I was reminded of this story in a real world example in just a vivid way a few years ago. Um, many of you have been to Guatemala with Mana, and a few years ago there was, if you know anything about Guatemala, one of the things is it's the land of many volcanoes. Some of those are even active volcanoes. And there's a volcano there appropriately named Fuego. If you don't know what that is, remember your Spanish clash, it means fire. And uh, it is a, an active volcano, and about five years ago it had a major eruption. And farming communities on the, on, the, on the flanks of the volcano and in the foothills there, some of them were instantly wiped out by the heat and the lava flow there. And hundreds of people perished within a matter of minutes. And other villages that were spared, heavily rained on by rocks and, and ash and everything, maybe just half a mile away from where one of the lava flows came, that were completely cut off from all supply lines. And if you've traveled w with us or to another developing country, you understand that there's just small stores uh, with very limited supplies. And so within a matter of a few days, those people were spared, but their supplies were cut off. And so we set out in what would have been probably about a 40-minute journey, about six hours to reach some of these communities as God helped us overcome one obstacle after another um, to be able to get to these villages. And we crossed rivers, we switched vehicles, God would send just the right truck when our van wouldn't go through, and we got to this particular town. And uh, we got there, and there was a line as long as the town. You can see that in the, in the next picture. And the people were waiting there, lined up at the church, to receive the relief supplies that we had. And we had several tons of supplies. And so we began welcoming the people in. The elderly in the community came first, and they were able to go through all the different stations. They were able to get the supplies that they needed as we prayed with them, shared the gospel with them. And uh, people came through. And hour after hour, people kept streaming through. And in the back of my mind, as one of the leaders of the group there, I thought, you know, we're going to have to go and cross these rivers. They're probably rising throughout the day. I wonder if we'll, if we'll be able to get back to Guatemala City. I knew God would take care of us if we had to stay an extra night on the, the, the floor of that church. We'd be fine. It was worth it. But we were going to... We were going to we were gonna uh, try to go for it. And so we quickly began to load up. We got through miraculously all of, this, all of the people there in the town. And there were some supplies that we left with the pastor there. We started to load up into a few uh, trucks and I was in the back of a particular pickup. And I hear a voice of an elderly lady from the back of the crowd call out. And I looked back and she had a huge basket or bucket of bananas on her head. And my first thought is she wants to get in the truck because she needs a ride. She hasn't been able to sell her bananas because they've been cut off. She wants to be able to get out of the village and cross the river and this vehicle to be able to go and sell. And so I called for her to come and she came up and I reached down to give her a hand up into the truck, but she had a different idea. She took the basket of bananas and thrust them up my way. And as I looked down on her, I thought, Okay, so I took a banana and I started to hand them out to the people in the truck and she insisted, she says, no, these are all for you. This lady had come as one of the first in the group, received her supplies, made it all the way home, looked around at what she had and brought this to us. So she knew that we were busy, that we probably didn't have anything to eat and she wanted to be a blessing to us it took me instantly back to the widow and her two mites. And God sees that. God sees those acts of generosity. Proverbs 22.9 says, 
For he who has a generous eye will be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. Jesus sees the small picture. He sees the big picture. See, he sees the unnoticed, the forgotten, and the, lot, and the lost. And God sees people all over the world who desperately need his hand and his touch. So God sees, but also God sustains. Just very quickly, I, can't, I wanna share with you, I came up with this definition of manna. If you're not familiar with manna, it was God providing that supernatural food in the Old Testament. Here, I'll just read you the definition I came up with. Manna is this. Manna is God's supernatural sustenance from heaven that arrives just at the right time. It's God's supernatural sustenance from heaven that arrives just at the right time. Have you experienced that? Have you experienced God's provision just at the right time? In the lowest depths of your need, Hagar, at her lowest moment in her life, God showed up. And God has shown up in each of our lives. You see that manna provided to God's chosen people in the wilderness for 40 days. They were fleeing, the, they were fleeing Pharaoh and the Egyptians. They didn't have time to plant crops. If they could have planted them, he was right on their heels. And so God provided what they could not provide for themselves on their own, and that was on purpose. You see, that manna reminded God's people of God's power and faithfulness every single day. And God is faithful to us. I just wanna quickly, as we're nearing the end of our time here, flip through a few pictures here of the way that God has been faithful. I mentioned, uh, obviously, during the pandemic and during COVID, children continue to receive their food. If they weren't able to cook meals, people in our feeding centers delivered their meals to their homes. Kids came and got, got supplies for their family, taking that love and that message of Jesus back to their families, filling up buckets of water and pans of water and our water trucks from the water wells that we've drilled now going into the community. These Muslim women in Karachi, Pakistan, you see their dark Muslim clothing contrasted by that white bag of supplies, of manna, an opportunity for pastors to go straight into their home, to be able to deliver that manna and tell them about the truth that they could find in Jesus Christ, a hope and a future. This child is from one of Hallmark's schools and centers in Mombasa, Kenya. The name of the school is Injili. In Swahili, it's the name for gospel, where kids, three to 400 kids are fed every single day, have an education and have a hope and a future because Hallmark Church and your family and you as individuals give so that these children can have an education and a future. You see some of these older children as then they move into high school, just a few doors down. Many of, the, many of those in our high school are, are graduates who've graduated from college that are administrating um, in the church there. You've given to special relief projects like in Ukraine. These are um, young people in our Smile House orphanage transition home in Ukraine. If you can just go through the next few pictures here. We've shared with you how they were able to evacuate shrapnel and things around the orphanage there, but the building has been spared. We were able to take a trip over there where we were able to see the needs and load supplies and and send pastors over the border um, with those. Then you gave so that we could provide bigger relief, bigger truckloads, as you can see here, um, a van to be able to distribute these. And so they, they were evacuated to Romania, immediately came back uh, to a suburb of Kiev there in a town of Muzici. Now, what did they do when they got back? They started a church and hundreds of people, over 300 people every single Sunday morning are gathering 
because of the outreach and the relief efforts. Now they've seen the love of Pastor Vlad and his wife, Nadia. You can see the community has donated a use of that auditorium and several other buildings to hold these supplies, elderly and children in the community coming and getting shoes, blankets during the winter time there, and the word of God being placed into their hands. People who are desperate, people who are at the lowest point of their need in their own valley of the shadow of death. You see Pastor Vlad baptizing some of the, the young people that have come to Christ. There's also a feeding center in that church plant there in Musici as well. You can see pictures of the kids' ministry here, the kids that are, that are hearing about Jesus, that are having a great time in church for a few moments of that day, of that week, forgetting what's outside and going on and the sirens and everything and being able to experience the love of Christ, to be able to go on outings and camp. And all this is going on in a war-torn country. You can see the children praying for their snacks and for their meals as they um, come um, daily to receive their food. God sees and God sustains. Isaiah chapter 46, verse three says, listen to me, you descendants of Jacob, all the remnant of the people of Israel, you whom I've upheld since your birth and have carried you since you were born, even to your old age and gray hairs, I'm identifying with that more and more each day. The older age and gray hairs, but also knowing the sustaining power of God over the years as well. It says, I am he, I am he who will sustain you, I have made you, I will carry you, I will sustain you, I will rescue you. God is faithful, he's the one that sustains us. So this morning, I wanna give you a couple of action steps that you can take before Pastor John comes up and closes us out, we have opportunity to fill out these cards. And it's simply this, receive Jesus and give Jesus. What, do I, what am I referencing here? Receive Jesus. You see, Jesus came to earth to fulfill his promise of his provision to us. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. If you eat of me, you'll never hunger again. He wants to be that for you. Maybe today your decision is to be a recipient of that manna, a recipient of that bread of life, and to receive and taste and see that the Lord is good. He has provided you with a savior. He's provided you with Jesus, God himself, who came and is letting you know that I love you. He died on the cross for our sins. He was buried and three days later he, ro he rose again. He conquered death and the grave and now provides us the opportunity to conquer our own death by giving us forgiveness of our sins and an eternal home in heaven with him. Maybe simply today you need to receive that manna if you've received that manna, you've experienced how, God, how good God is, our job is simply now to give that manna. As Pastor John says many, many times, the gospel came to you on the way to someone else. It's one beggar who found the bread now telling another beggar where to find the bread. A quote from Pastor John and a quote from Pastor Haley who used to share that with us as well. And so today's the day that we have an opportunity to do that. As we go out and share the, the gospel both visibly and verbally, in action and with our words. And man, pairing these two things together all over the world to be able to proclaim the gospel and also demonstrate the gospel. 
And so I'm gonna just ask you to close your eyes for just a second. Pastor John's gonna come up here. I'm gonna close us in a word of prayer and as we move into our final song. Let me encourage you this morning to move from agreement to involvement. Maybe you've heard me say that before, but I know it's very easy to agree with what's been said today. If I asked you to raise your hand and we took a poll here this morning, I doubt there's anybody in the room that would say, Andrew, what you shared and the need of these children all over the world, I think that's a good thing. I, I'm sure we would be unanimous in that, in that thought. The more difficult thing is to then take an action step, to move from that agreement to involvement. Let me tell you, the impact of, Mana World, of Hallmark Church through Mana Worldwide, all these kids, happens because individuals and families just like you have taken a step. On the back of this card, you see our average cost around the world to take care of one of these kids on a monthly basis in our nutrition centers is only $28 a month. I don't know what your situation is or how God has impressed upon you. There are many in this room who say, you know what? Not only can I sponsor a kid, but over the years, I now sponsor three, four, five children. Somebody told me recently, you know, God has blessed me. I've got five grandchildren. I want to sponsor children for every one of my, uh, a child for every one of my grandchildren. Maybe you're not able to commit to $28, but $10 or $20. You're able to fill out this card. You're able to put in a new amount. And then you say, well, what do I do about that? Well, Pastor John's going to go through what to do with this card here in the moment. But next Sunday in the next month, you simply add it to your giving. As Pastor Haley mentioned, above your regular tithes and offerings, giving to Faith Promise missions. Faith Promise supports the people, missionaries like us that go. And MANA supports these children and the projects. And so you can fill out this card. You can stay connected with us to hear more stories of what I've shared here this morning. Stories of over 240 MANA centers in 40 countries and stay connected with us in that way. If you give online, there's a spot on there for Amanda. You can just add that donation, that $28 or whatever God lays upon your heart to be included in there. If you give physically through the offering boxes, there's a place on your offering envelope where you can write in for your monthly manna giving as well. We're not gonna harass you or hound you or send you a bill every month. This is just a commitment between you and God. But filling out this card lets us know, can we take on another manna center because of the generosity of Hallmark Church? Literally, with our partners on the ground, can we add another student to gospel feeding center and school? Can we add another child into the feeding center uh, in the orphanage in Guatemala? Receive Jesus and give Jesus. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you this morning. You know the needs that are in this room, Lord. Maybe that story of Hagar is just someone here in the room today. And they need to know that you see them, that they're not alone, that you want to become the Lord of their life. Lord, as we see examples in scripture and hear the stories, Lord, I pray that you would just allow us to be ever more radically generous, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity and this time. It's in Jesus' name we pray.